Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who loves to say, Alan. It's Frank. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing all right, Alan. How are you? <laughs> oh, good. I wouldn't mind if my name was Alan. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Although, it doesn't really go with my last name. No, it's That's... true. But, you know, if you were Alan and you were mm-hmm. a paleontologist and yes. you were like, that would be, I mean, that would be your dream come true. Like, that, sure. that, those would be all of your dreams coming true in, in one fell swoop. So, sure, I, would be. I, I'd be happy for you if, if that did happen. Thank you. Alan, what are you drinking today? Um, I almost, I almost reciprocated and I was like, well, Alan, (laughs) (laughs) no, I, that's all each other, Alan, the entire, well, that's terrible. No, I am drinking a summer solstice from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Um, they've been going since 1987, the year of my birth, um, you know, as the good Lord provided, um, it's actually my birthday soon. Wait, when is this episode coming out? It was my birthday soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it will be your birthday recently. Soon oh no, yes. recently. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So this was intentional, by the way. That's all. Yeah. So, um. But anyway, they keep going, and it's just a. It's a really nice. It's a really nice. Uh, summer ale. It's a five. It's a five percent. It's nothing like, you know, nothing outrageous or anything like that. But the beer can is a bear with antlers, and so it kind of looks like a moose and or a deer or something. That's and a so really pretty yeah. can. Yeah, it's really nice. What I actually like about it is that it's not a heavy summer. And you know how sometimes you're like, oh, I can't wait to have the summer. And you're like, oh, why is it sitting in my stomach so much? Yeah, sure, sure. Like that, like it's the summer. It's supposed to be light and breezy and fun and not like... Like, I don't want, like, to feel like there's, like, hum- like 90% humidity in my stomach. Mm. Like, that's not the summer <laughs> I want. <laughs> like. Yep. <laughs> so, that's awful. So, so the, it's a great, it, it's a very good, it's a, it's a very good summer. I picked it up on a whim. It was one of my pick six, and I'm, I'm glad I did. It's uh, pretty solid. So, summer solstice coming your way. Love that. Good for mm-hmm. you. That's, that's fantastic. Um, that drinking? is really pretty packaging. I do like that a lot. It is. It is pretty packaging. Yeah, it is. 
Um, I went in a completely different direction uh, than you did. Um, you know, stout. You drink a stout again. Close. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, you're in the right family. Summer uh, stouts. I do enjoy on, a, especially on like a breezy summer evening. You know, you're sitting outside uh, in the shade, and there's a nice light breeze. You know, th- that those are the moments when I will maybe pull out a stout or, or a porter. So in this case, it is a, a porter, Smutty Nose Brewing, um, a New mm. Hampshire brewery. Uh, Smutty Nose Robust Porter. And uh, it is... Oh, it that's is fun. Delightful. It has circus circus uh, imagery uh, on the on the can. Uh, silhouettes of some circus tents and some circus performers. Um, it's uh, it's a cool cool imagery. And actually, I'm just noticing that the the shape around the uh, the barcode is the old man in the mountain, which which doesn't exist anymore. And it's weird that that New Hampshire still still oh that's uses cool, that iconography though. so much. Didn't they just like like fake it now? Like, didn't they like kind of recarve the mountain or something like that? I had heard that. I hadn't. I hadn't that, heard that. That but they they added something to give the face to the old man in the mountain back because he he fell down. He fell down like, like twenty a, like years a decade. ago. Yeah. yeah. God, um, is it that long already? I don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm just throwing. I just threw a date out there. Uh, I did I will, see it. I, I was lucky my... enough to. I was lucky enough to see uh, it when I was a kid. I never did see it. I never did see it. I'm using my my one look up. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, this was a so for folks who who are not from New England, this was a uh, rock formation on the side of a mountain in New Hampshire. Uh, and uh, when you looked at it from from a profile, it looked like the profile of of a man of a face. Um, and it collapsed on May third, two thousand three, so almost twenty years. Wow. Yeah. Um, it. Um, uh, it, it, yeah. So it's no longer there. But it's funny because like all the. Um, have you ever noticed that in, in New Hampshire, the the road signs, like on the highway, um, for state highways, the um, you know how there'll be like a for for interstates, right? There's like a badge that the for, it's a national system, right? So like there's the blue mm-hmm. badge with the red and white stripes on it. It says ninety five sure. or whatever yeah. number inside. The badge shape for New Hampshire state highways, the badge shape is the shape of the old man in the mountain face with the number inside it. Really, and it's funny because it's all over our state highway system. Um, and it's a, it is a rock formation that has not existed for almost 20 years, but it's still sort of the emblem of the state, you know, it's, yep. it is, you see it as much as you would see like the, the outline, the shape of the state, um, anywhere else. But we chose the old man in the mountain for some reason and, and, um, it doesn't exist anymore. And it's kind of a weird, funny thing, but I don't know if it, if it has been recarved into the mountain or, or, or something like that. I haven't seen that, but, um, that is, uh, that is really, that is, uh, interesting. Um, oh, I see. Okay. This might be what you're thinking of. It turns out I'm going to put this in, uh, in, in, uh, the show notes on Wikipedia. I'm seeing that there are these, um, these steel poles, uh, that, that are placed at the vantage point where they, where the sort of people would use the plaza, people would stand to see the old man in the mountain. There are these steel mm-hmm. poles that have a little old man in the mountain thing on them. And if you stand at just the right angle, you can make it look like the old man in the mountain is still oh, on the mountain. I think, I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 So they have yeah, these things right. that it's like an illusion where you can stand at just the right angle and make it look like it's still there. That's not the same. Not the same. Not the same. It, it is a bummer when like one of your claims to fame or one of your main tourist attractions is a natural, is a natural thing because like eventually that thing might go away. Right. Like, like recently I read an article about how, the um 
like there's been talks as a couple of years ago where it talks about flooding the Grand Canyon to fill another dam because that one the evaporation level is so high uh, and the water table is so low that like it's not providing the water that they need but if they connect like these two things through the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. then you would actually have a better water supply for the entire area and I'm like well that would be like come see the Grand Canyon it's now filled with water right yeah interesting and I mean, it's like, come see what made the Grand Canyon look like it right. was, but you can't see the bottom anymore. That would be yeah. so interesting because it would make it, it would erode faster and it would have all these, you know, implications for, for you know, the Grand Canyon would probably become a much wider, bigger canyon over time. Correct. Over time. I yeah. mean, you're talking a long, a long time, time. Yeah. But yeah. But so interesting. You know, what wasn't around, uh, you know, what wasn't around um, when the Grand Canyon like existed the way we know it is dinosaurs, Frank. They they weren't around. That's right. Um and so like before then it was just like a, a you know, there was nothing. It was just flat. It wasn't even it wasn't even a little divot in the ground, you know, and then it and then it was water after a while. So but you know, we're lucky that John Hammond uh brought back dinosaurs not once but twice but three times in Jurassic Park three. Hmm. And and I'm here to let me tell you why Jurassic Park three is wonderful. Frank, so if you if you excuse me for a second, let me tell you why it's wonderful. Jurassic Park three edition. Um, we are celebrating uh, this summer the twentieth anniversary of Jurassic Park three, which means we are also celebrating the twentieth year of the sweet Spider Man teaser trailer of the oh. two towers um, before before the tragedy of of nine eleven because that would that came out with Jurassic Park three. Um, so, because I remember like seeing that as a kid and being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like Spider Man, but also dinosaurs. This is like the greatest day of my life. Me, <laughs> sure. Know, at at however old I was, thirteen, fourteen. You know when the what, yeah when it came out. Right, so right. Um. Yeah. Also, my first DVD, Jurassic Park three. I have a lot of I have a lot of a lot of cool memories. A lot of firsts for you. A lot of a lot of big uh, milestones for you with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Big milestones. Yeah. Big ones. Um. I think it was my first. DVD. It was no. My first one was Citizen Kane, very on brand. Um, Yeah, very on brand. Very on brand. One day I'm going to get a master's in film. Okay, buddy, here's a movie. Here's a DVD. Here's here's a movie. But for Christmas, I did get my own DVD player with Jurassic Park 3. I think that's what I think that's what it was. So, yeah, big. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, here we are. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park 3. A people don't like Jurassic Park. People don't like Jurassic Park 3. No. Um, they, people didn't like it when it came out. Like, I don't know how much you remember about it or why people were mad about it or what's terrible about it. I don't know if you... I, I saw it. Um, okay. I've, I've seen it. I I didn't love it. Um, I more felt that it just wasn't that compelling. I don't remember being offended by it. I just remember sort of thinking that wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm going to tell you why it's wonderful, but it, it's it's not in Jurassic Park. None of them are. No. None of them come close to the first one. Agreed. So let's just all stop comparing them now, you know, because it's just n- every iteration of Jurassic Park, maybe except for Jurassic World, f- to some extent, fails to uh, fails on the commentary. 
Mm-hmm. Right, because Jurassic Park is as much about genetic is is a conversation about genetics, uh, about the um, advancement of science. You know, like unprecedented advancement of science without any blocks or anything like that. And most of the movies, like they kind of like touch upon that, but they don't sure. really get into it. And Jurassic World is really the only other one that like totally, uh, uh, yeah, like like tries to also go in that direction, but. Jurassic Park 3 doesn't do that. It was kind of made like slapdash, which is part of the reason that I think it's so wonderful because like mm. the fact that you could pull off a movie that is just like a full movie where they're like, yeah, just um do stuff. Like Yeah, and it feels that way. Like the it movie is, comes yeah. across that way. Yeah, they well, so they like had a script, it was good to go. Joe Johnston got hired kind of late in the game to direct it. Like, we all love Joe Johnston. Like, he makes great movies. Like, Captain America, First Avenger, um, yep. The Rocketeer, like, worked on Star Wars. Joe Johnston is great. And, but he is this Hollywood guy. They're like, crap, we don't have anybody. Get Joe Johnston. He'll make sure. a movie. Like, and that, which is which is cool, like, for him, I guess, you know. For October sure. Sky, October Sky, director October Sky, which is a great movie. Um so uh, it's good for him, but like, oh, like, I think it's like two weeks before they were supposed to start filming. Steven Spielberg is like, rewrite it. Yikes. Do it again. Yikes. And you're like, Steven, what are you doing? You like, know, we can't just do that. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, but we can. Let's do it. So so they like had stuff ready to go. Obviously, they knew what dinosaurs were going to be in it, where like the main action was going to take place and all of this different stuff. But like some of like what the central reason for being on Isla Sorna, it like changed and Mm. that shifted and who's going to be there. And like, and they went to an old staple, you know, a steel, uh, a Steven Spielberg staple. Let's get, you know, it's going to be about family. Right. It's like a fast and furious movie. Sure. It's about family. It's about fathers and sons and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. So, um, but here's why, here's why I like it. I think that it has some of the best, action set pieces of any of the Jurassic Park films. Like it's really, really solid animatronic work. And there's some very cool stuff that they do on the Island. Okay. Um, So I recently read the two Michael Crichton novels, Jurassic Park and Lost World. I had never uh, read either of them to the, to completion. And so I finally got around to doing that this summer and it was, I was curious to see actually how much of Jurassic Park 3 is influenced by The Lost World because they so like Lost World I mean, Lost World the movie and the book take place on site B the second island right. like where they like raise the dinosaurs or, or for a bit before they go to the zoo or where they're really grown in batches and or what what Jurassic Park 3 touches on which is cool is like how much you get wrong Mm. or right or you know because like it's not like like oh you make the dinosaur in the little lab and it comes out perfect and blah 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 it's like no that's like there's a there's no room for error there it's not big enough so like you have this a second sight to be like how much can we make in mass production if something goes wrong and blah 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 and i like that the second movie like 
shows some of that equipment, like in the Jurassic Park lore of the world. You know, there's like, you know, William H. Macy, William H. Macy, bless him, is like, oh, is this, um, he and Tia Leone are walking around. She's like, oh, is this where you make dinosaurs? And Alan Grant's like, no, this is how you play God. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's really the only bit of the movie that touches upon that kind of stuff. Right. But um, it's, it's really, it's kind of the only commentary in, in it's the the, it is the only commentary. It's way more interested in the family dynamic than the commentary. Um, but I like that you get to see some of that in the film, and that's kind of ignored in Lost World, and that was part of the fun of the second book. And so I like that they kind of brought that into the movie. So that, Interesting. that's partly why it's wonderful. Plot-wise, does the movie, Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, does that pretty much follow the plot of The Lost World, the novel? Uh, not really. No. Um, the, it, they take this to elements of it is so the last world, the movie, like, you know, they're trying to like trying to turn Jurassic park and site be into a, a preserve, right? Like, okay, the animals exist. So we're trying to protect them now. So like, you have to go in and document them that they have behavior, that they have this and this and this to prove that they're not just like weird science experiments. Um, and so that's not, really the purpose of the the purpose of the second novel is actually about evolution and mm. like like and like how does like cl- like a lost world the scientific definition of a lost world is like an an untouched um an untouched domain mm-hmm. in which so people haven't interfered with the world uh, like that environment at all so animals can naturally like grow on their own and exhibit behaviors without interference and so, and you could argue that anytime, like any human, like goes into a space, you've interrupted the natural right. environment. Therefore, it's no longer a lost world. So, and that's part of the conversation of the novel. That's mostly kind of what it's about. Um, the mo- no one touches upon that in any movie. Really, no one talks about evolution. I was going to say, okay, so so really, none of the actual story of that novel really gets told in in the films. Not really. No, some of the set pieces you know like the trailers and the t-rexes and the, the like that that kind of stuff yep. does you know there's a two like competing teams on the island that kind of thing okay. but but besides that it's not really it's not really close gotcha. um gotcha. no not in the way that the first book is kind of close but not really even the first book it's like hammond's a jack like he's awful oh, really like yeah he's like the worst kind of he's like you know how like the good kind of like oh he just wanted to do a good thing but he didn't see the bad that he was doing but she's still he's grandpa you want to give him a hug yeah right take that but completely switch it uh like total capitalism money gain doesn't care about anybody blah 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 it's like a complete opposite it's a complete shift um you know Muldoon who's like so cool in the you know clever girl in the movie is just like a drunk who Mm. like hates life and this yeah changes dress park three doesn't have any of that it only has the characters that it has right because it doesn't it's not based on anything right um it's not based on anything except continuing continuing science cool set pieces whatever else but i'm really here to talk about two different things like um one the spinosaurus got to talk about it yes people were people were so mad 20 years ago when the Spinosaurus comes in, fights the T-Rex, and kills the T-Rex. Tell me why. Um, because the T-Rex, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex, people are like, it's the king. It's T-Rex. Sure. Like, everybody, like, even though we know now, it was, it's not even the big, it wasn't even the biggest carnivore that goes to, that goes to Gigantosaurus, which is going to be in Jurassic World Dominion. Nice, fact. nice. Um, 
So, like, you know, it, people have a childhood connection to the Tyrannosaurus that sure. they do not have to the Spinosaurus, even though the Spinosaurus was a bigger dinosaur. And now, in a 2020 update, doesn't even, like, they, you know, remodel the fossil and be like, oh, it actually didn't really look like it did, like we thought it did. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Still so you're saying mass huge. audiences were unhappy because we all traditionally have this idea that the T-Rex is the the biggest and toughest dinosaur and so seeing spinosaurus Correct. take it out for for movie going audiences was like what that's not how it's supposed to be because i was taught in kindergarten that the t-rex was the big one exactly that's exactly right because people lose their in most people lose their interest in dinosaurs as they get older right you know mm -hmm. you love your trucks you love your you love your cars you love your dinosaurs whatever you know when you're a kid and a lot of people don't hold on to that stuff you know even though like obviously people People still kind of like it because these like Jurassic Park movies keep making lots and lots and lots of money, and sure. it's not really it's not four year olds driving the box office. So clearly, you like you there's a part of you that still really likes dinosaurs. You just stopped learning about them, you know. And but so people people were upset that the preconceived notion of like what they thought a T Rex could uh -huh. do could be taken out by something bigger which is you know true it probably could have you know and there's always a bigger fish exactly and it's funny because the spinosaurus was actually kind of aquatic so it actually huh. really probably went for fish more than anything else um kind of like a ginormous crocodile like uh, 50 okay. times the size of a crocodile so big so very big um so so actually, so in like Jurassic Park lore, it even was like, oh no, that was a baby T. It was like it wasn't a fully grown T. Rex. Oh, like okay. they've like gone back and like retrofitted the or sure. retconned some of the thing. Because if you might recall from Lost World, there's a there's a um, not an infant T. Rex, but like a youth Rex that's only you know that like uh, that they that the two other Tyrannosaurs have. You know, in you know, in their fa little family unit, and so I think it's supposed to be that Rex mm. that actually dies. It's like, oh, it wasn't fully grown yet. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. People so so mad. That's so but, funny. So like, let's just justify it by saying it was not a fully grown T Rex. It wasn't people, fully grown. Yeah. Funny. So, but I love, but I love that one. That fight is cool because it's a it's a good chunk of CG, but it's also a good chunk of animatronics, mm. like really sophisticated animatronics, and so. Um, so I think that's, uh, that bit is, that bit is very cool, but I like that it's a, it's a new threat. You're not just seeing the old stuff over again. And that's kind of what happens in Lost World, which is where I think like Jurassic Park is actually three, Jurassic Park three is a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a, no, I don't want to say it's a better film, but it, it at least tries to do something different. Yeah. Um, because like that you watch the second one, it's like, okay, so there's some psychosaurs. Yep, there they are. That's very good. Good, good, good. And then all oh, the Tyrannosaur, yep, that's a, but now there's two of them. And oh, you like the Velociraptors? Well, now there's more of them. Oh, and now there's another Tyrannosaur set piece and so on. And so like at least this movie's like, bam. Here's your Spinosaurus. Here's something here's something different. And they do this fun thing, which I like. You know I'm a big Peter Pan fan, right? You know, I love the I Peter Pan. And so I love the bit that, you know, like the 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 Spinosaurus swallows the cell phone. So every time it rings, like you know the Tyrannosaur the Spinosaurus is around. Right. Much like the crocodile right. from from Peter Pan. And because they look similar, it's a really fun allusion to to some some cool piece of literature. Mm -hmm. Um and I love that. And like 
cool, like the the water scene, like the boat and the water scene is very well done. Sure. But yes, yes, yeah, I, I remember that scene. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super very, well done. Yeah, I mean, think about that. That's also animatronics submerged in the water. It's like, hey, you remember when the shark didn't work? I in was Jaws? just gonna say. Yeah. I was just yeah. gonna say, like twenty five years on or whatever it was. Um, Spielberg, you know, finally got his water animatronics working. Exactly. Finally. Well, because even in the first Jurassic Park, there's like it, they, he very last minute Spielberg was like, Hey, let's add rain to the sequence where the Tyrannosaurus is leaving, like getting out of the paddock. And everyone's like, we didn't make this so it could be rained on we don't know what it's gonna do like and it's like okay well let's try it anyway <laughs> and they did have issues with it didn't they they did it kept shuddering right like so like, it, like, bonus, like bonus yeah it looks like it's cold DVDs. it just like keeps shivering um so it did work it, but it, they had to like keep patting it down and drying it and because a lot of it was like latex and stuff it kept absorbing into right. the the thing so so interesting but now so they're like here they are tackling this problem and said let's go full force into the water um and I think that's that's very cool. And I think one of the best sequences, one, like Jurassic Park is, yes, it's action and whatever else, but there are moments in that are supposed to scare you, mm-hmm. right? You know, like the Velociraptors particularly, like let's pop out of the, like let's pop out of the, you know, the um, the wiring in the first movie and, and stuff like that. You don't know where they are and right. blah, blah, blah. And so in this movie, they do that kind of thing, but they do it with pterodons, right? Right. Um, which are not a dinosaur. Um, they were a reptilian bird. Um, so there's actually a distinct difference because dinosaurs are broken into two separate groups, seropods and theropods. Mm-hmm. And the pterodons, um, dimorphodons, like these, anytime you see basically a winged dinosaur, quote unquote, it's not actually a dinosaur. So, Even like a pterodactyl? Not a dinosaur. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Today I learned. There you go. There you go. But I like that sequence. You know, like it's a little heavy handed. They're like <laughs> in the movie, you know, in the movie when they're like, oh my God, it's a bird cage. And then Tia Leone is like, for what? <laughs> like birds. Tia Leone, like birds. Like, oh my goodness. But it's really cool. It's like the really, the fog, the like it's really foggy and there's a lot of cool imagery and like they're very, like you would assume, like many birds and nests they're territorial and so there's like reasons for them to be like aggressive towards the people in their nest and stuff and like that stuff is all like for a movie that was haphazardly like thrown together like because the script got ditched so close to filming that stuff still like it it really it really sells and it, it really works um and i just think that beyond like some of the story points that are kind of meh and you know whatever else like the the you have two parents who have split apart and they have their son who like goes you know parasailing or whatever with um with the other guy mm-hmm. and they you know they get stuck on this island that that other guy doesn't make it and all that stuff like a movie about familial reconciliation you know like coming back together sure who doesn't like that's good who doesn't like to see that a family actually working through their problems realizing what's important and not important and that's that's good that's good like that's like that's a good lesson for 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 younger for a younger audience that's that's what or for even for let's face it an older audience who might yeah Yeah. so that's sort of um, the heart of this movie like if this movie has heart it's it's around that family story Mm -hmm. right that's right um 
and you're you're right that where the first film was that that sort of social commentary and and sort of you could boil the movie down to you know you, you were so busy thinking about whether you could that you didn't think about whether you should that's mm-hmm. sort of what the the movie is really about um but the third it doesn't really have that kind of commentary you mentioned that that one moment where they were they, there's like a, a passing reference to it but really it's a family story correct well i mean i mean that's also part of the jurassic franchise is always mm-hmm. about that like you know the first movie is alan grant learning that like kids are okay like he actually doesn't mind them mm-hmm. you know like you know like he's very anti-child at the beginning of the movie and he spends basically the whole film protecting children yeah like that's that's, that's you know, his personal arc Correct. Right. And then the second movie is about Malcolm, like being a being learned to be a better dad and a better provider and all that stuff. So like and then you follow that into the third film. And that's, again, still what it's about. And that's what the fourth film is about and parts of the fifth film. And so the importance of the family unit and and what that looks like in, a, in an evolving and shaping world is important because they keep talking about like, oh, dinosaur nesting this and dinosaurs are actually in a group over here and they don't apply that to themselves as part of a family unit. And so I like that's the juxtaposition of those or the parallel, I should say, between those uh, between those things is it's good. That's that's solid Jurassic Park work. And honestly, like when it comes down to it, Spinosaurus, I just really like the Spinosaurus. I can talk. <laughs> all day uh, i can like justify why jurassic park 3 is wonderful for its own reasons but really it's just the dinosaur is so freaking cool so good it's a cool it's a super cool looking dinosaur like it is a cool dinosaur very very cool um, i got a sweet spinosaurus statue actually nice yeah it's cool. I like it. So that's weird. cool. You can't see it. It's over there. It's off. It's camera. fine. That's okay. Yeah. So okay. So that was something that that audiences didn't like at the time. The Spinosaur defeating the the T Rex. Were there other things that other than the movie just sort of being so so being okay? Were there other things that like upset audiences at the time? Well, I think that audiences were still adjusting to a we're putting CG in a movie. Mm. Again, so I remember they being there's too much CG. And I do remember there being complaints that there were too many dinosaurs, which I thought was really That's funny. A bizarre like, complaint. Like, so there's like a scene where um I think it's a Katarosaurus like comes up and like sniffs some poop and like some tyrannosaur poop, and because they're near it, it like ignores them because, mm. you know, you know, sense and whatever else. Sure. Like, that was unnecessary scene and stuff like that. I'm like was it unnecessary or was it just supposed to kind of lighten the mood for a second so you can catch your breath before they're running to the next action set piece? Like, calm down. Calm your horses. Um, so I remember that uh, that was a thing. And also, so there's there's a slight change to the velociraptors in the film. And two things. One, they're like, velociraptors were even smarter than we realized. And people were like, all right, let's... Like, how smart were they? Like they, people couldn't get on board that animals like communicate with one another, even though we see that across the animal kingdom. Right. Like, look at your, look at your dog interacting with another dog at the dog park. Like they're communicating, they're interacting. Obviously they're communicating. Right. And so, but even like things like, like we know dolphins actually have names for one another. They have individual names they call each other by and they like elephants mourn their dead and chimpanzees teach their young to use tools and like all this stuff. And you're like, no, there's no, 
possible way that no, like they could ever communicate with one another. Like, yeah, this dolphin's like, name is Alan. Yeah, right. Alan. Yeah, well, that was obviously the thing that people. <laughs> we'll yeah. talk about that at the we'll end. Talk about that at the end. Yeah. So, but it, yeah. So, but there was also so dinosaurs. Most dinosaurs had feathers because there's like two versions of dinosaurs. One is a little close to birds, and the other one is really not. Um, and so, um, dinosaurs probably had feathers, including the velociraptors, hmm. which were mm-hmm. already scientifically inaccurate anyway in the movies. You know, they're too big for the breed that they are, but not important. Um, so they like some of the redesign of the, the velociraptors were like putting little feathery top things or whatever in there on their skulls and whatever else. And people were not having that. They were like, it doesn't look like a velociraptor. It doesn't this, the feathers are stupid, blah, 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 which they don't look great. I'm not going to really defend the, I won't defend that, but like the whole reason they knew that dinosaurs had feathers back in 1993. That's not, that wasn't a new, yeah, it wasn't a new discovery. They knew, but Steven Spielberg said to Jack Horner, who was the paleontologist, like their um, their paleontological expert on the movie, and he was like, "Colorful feathered dinosaurs aren't scary, so we're not doing that." Yeah, that's fair. And I, I in some ways, that is that is fair. Though I do think that colorful animals can still be scary. Like yeah, you don't look f- at a tiger and be like, "Ooh, you know, like that's yeah, not scary at all." But I can see how he feels like maybe this looks more like Big Bird and less like a scary predator. Absolutely, and I, there's probably there definitely is a blend of the two of them. But yeah. I think that people like. We we had what dinosaurs look like in our brains even when we were kids for so long to kind of shift that expectation so drastically is um, that probably doesn't help your movie right? right and at the end of the day it's fiction and even Jurassic World does goes out of its way to be like we never actually made real dinosaurs yeah, we made yeah. monsters because this is what you think dinosaurs look like right but they're not actually dinosaurs um, and I like that I like that inclusion because. They're not dinosaurs. A lot of them don't look like what they are. If you look up, if you type in like Tyrannosaurus Rex 2020, 2021, he's just a big chub. Mm. Like he's a big, he looks more like Barney than, than like the Jurassic Park of 1993 of yesteryear. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, and you've, you've spent more time, you know, studying this, reading up on this than, than I have. But like when we find dinosaur um, fossils, which is essentially, you know, the, the fossilized bone. How do we know, like, what the rest of their build, like, how how much like fat would have been on their frame or whatever? Like, how can we can we? I guess are I guess what I'm asking is, are there scientific ways that we have sort of backed into that and been able to to decipher? Like, well, there must have been some soft tissue here, but it didn't, you know, it didn't get fossilized. Yeah. But like, do we have ways of knowing that? That how, how yeah, do we know well, that, they, that 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 the T Rex was probably chubbier than we thought? How do we know that that many dinosaurs had feathers? Well, actually, those are great questions, and so some of them are the way that the like the you the skeletal structure is built, okay, and based on other animals. So, like, how much can legs of this size support the rest of this skeleton? How big would the muscle have to be? How much? Like, okay. you can like you can actually figure out that ratio you kind of pretty extrapolate well based on other animals that we know exactly, okay. e- exactly. And so there's that. We there is. Like, we do have fossilized feathers on dinosaurs, so it's uh, not like, oh, we think they had them. Like, nope, here they are. We're, like, looking at them. Okay. Like, it, it's very evidence right there. There's that. We do have 
dinosaur tissue that's also been preserved okay. in different areas. So like like actual the actual DNA that you know people were like, oh, you can make dinosaur DNA from mosquitoes, blah blah blah. Right. You, pro- you can't really, but like we have some DNA here. So like there's like this all that kind of stuff really helps understand like what structures look like. But then but what an actual the actual face and stuff looks like is really no different than like knowing that the bone structure is similar to birds. So yeah. it would look something like they kind of like looking at like Neanderthals and and going like pro magnum and stuff like that. You kind of look at those and like I know what Homo sapiens look like. So let me kind of work around what this skull looks like here. How gotcha. is it shaped and different? And then you build from there. It's all in the same wheelhouse. That makes so, sense. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But anyway, Jurassic Park 3, not as bad as people say. Definitely one of those. Um, definitely one of those. It's actually it's actually okay. It's People fine. Just, it's fine. It's not great. Like, it's not, like, we've done some, let me tell you why it's wonderful. Like, we did Xanadu. Right. Like, it's better than Xanadu, uh-huh. I hate to tell you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. It's, 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 it's better made than yeah, Xanadu. It is, Whether it is. it's more enjoyable is up to that's the person. Subjective. But, but that's is it correct. A, it is a better made film than Xanadu. Yes, it is. Yes. Sure. So, but that's anyway, that's, that's Jurassic Park 3. So tell me, so let's talk about the Allen. Alan, so probably the thing the that most gets, iconic that give, scene in the yeah. in the whole movie, the most memorable for sure. Yeah, so Alan Grant is really nervous about going back to uh, Isla Nubar, um, uh, you know, and even though they end up on Isla Sorna anyway, and he's like, never been here. Thanks for taking me to the different island with dinosaurs. Um, so he falls asleep on the plane and wakes up, and there's a Velociraptor on the plane, and it go and it says, Alan. And then, but actually, it's just a nightmarish just a dream. dream sequence. And I think people make too much of it, but also it's really funny. And why I don't know why it's in the movie. It's kind of absurd, right? It's, it's like, so absurd. It's supposed to be scary, but that's actually kind of funny. It's, you know, it's, it's scary when he wakes up and then turns and there's a velociraptor, but also, so this is things working against it. One, the plane is empty. And it's still clearly in the sky. Yeah. So it makes no logical sense before you even see the raptor, how it would be there. And then so they just like double down on that by having it speak. Yes. And that like, <laughs> that's the thing that doesn't work. But if like his nightmare was like the plane was already on the ground and like the plane was empty and he turns, that's scarier. It's the the location of the plane makes it weird. Yes. Um, In the sky. In the Surrounded sky. by clouds. Yeah, it's no good. Alan. Um, actually, the Amblin Twitter account, just like when it was the weekend of release for Jurassic Park 3, they, um, they're like, oh, Jurassic Park 3 came out, blah, blah, blah. It's known for this and this and this and this. And they wrote about like, and like, and you of course, Alan, Alan, you know, like, nice. they, like parentheses with the quotes, Alan. And I was like, oh, hey, like the company that made the movie is trolling its own movie. I and love I it. just, I love that. Whoever their social media manager is, hats off to them. Yeah, seriously. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That's having a sense of humor about it. It is. I love it that. Is. Yeah, it's a it's an okay movie. I do. I must say, I do absolutely love. Um, I love uh, uh, William H Macy. I love um, Taylioni um, so much. Like I'm a big fan of 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 both of theirs. So like, that's um, I, I just enjoy that they're in it. 
Um, so that's a yeah. positive thing I can say about it. Uh, but totally. it's just it's just an okay movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just okay. It's um, I do feel like it's remembered very harshly, though. You know, I feel it like is. it's it's remembered. Yeah, it's it's remembered like a bad. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of other franchises where there's like it's kind of remembered. Let's say like Batman and Robin is remembered. Okay, yeah, there's an example, but it's not that. It's not you that know? bad. A movie that I also kind of enjoy on its own now that like you're so far removed from yeah. it. Sometimes when people think it's the last one, you know, like this is the last chance you have to see something good. You know, right. like that's when like the feelings are high about stuff like it's the last one and you ruined it. Like, you know, Batman and Rama, we never thought that might be another Batman movie again after that. We didn't know what like superhero movie world we were going to walk into in a sure. couple of years. Sure. So, you know, so like now that there have been five more kind of five and a half more appearances of Batman since then with another one on the way, you can look back at Batman and Robin and be like, well, what a fun little entry. Like, even though it's like not gr- like not great for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. it's really fun for a lot of other reasons. Right. And so you can enjoy it from a different perspective. And I think that there have been two going on three Jurassic new Jurassic Park movies. Um, plus the like the short film. So like you know, like three and a quarter. Like there's like, get over it. Like, it, yeah. yeah, it's not the strongest entry in the franchise, but there's actually a lot to like in there. And shut your face because Alan Grant is back, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> all right. Wow, that's that feels like a good place to to leave things <laughs> yeah tell us where the people can find us frank <laughs> yes uh you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com you can find us in any podcast app uh we are in all the major podcast directories from apple to spotify and stitcher to tunein.com to your amazon voice assistant uh to everywhere else uh so you can find beer with geeks in all of those places you can uh please uh subscribe you can leave us ratings and reviews, which are huge, and help us uh, with discoverability. So please, please take a moment and do that if you if you can. It just takes a second. You can find uh, our other shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Um, we've got a bunch of a bunch of shows. Um, if you like hearing Tim talk about movies, you want to head on over to Academy Rewind and hear that. Um, if you enjoy, you know, more of the superhero talk, uh, Tim and I talk about Supergirl and Supergirl TV talk together. I talk about Superman and Lois with friends, Robin and Derek over at Superman and Lois TV talk. So, um, plenty, we got, we got the bases covered with lots and lots of, of podcast content. You can find all of those at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. And if you enjoy these shows, then you can support us, uh, at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. For as little as a buck a month, you can you can help us pay the costs that uh, that that keep these shows going, and you can email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail Tweet at us at beerwithgeeks on Twitter, and uh, that is pretty much all she wrote. Alan, Alan, hey, all right. Well, Frank, it was great. Sorry, Alan, it was <laughs> great to uh, be with you, uh, and until next time, cheers. cheers.